welcome to the Bloody Broads Pod. We are your Bloody Broads. I am Bob Sharma. And I'm Jamie Howard. We are your horror guides from page to screen and everything in between. And this week we're covering Jordan Peele's Us. Uh, I have been waiting so long to cover this one. This was when we were talking about even doing the pod when the pod was just a twinkle in our eye. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> Because we are both father and mother of this pod. Um, but when we were thinking about this was one of the ones I actually really wanted to deep dive into because it's just so deliciously full of like everything you could want out of a movie. Yeah, I think it's really layered. And this is probably one of his – you can see the transition in his filmmaking, I think, now that Nope has been out for a while – from something that was really overt, like mm-hmm. Get Out, to something that was a little bit of both, like Us, to yeah. something that was not as overt with Nope. And I feel like he's gotten a little more subtle each time, which mm-hmm. is just, I think, the evolution of being a filmmaker with a massive budget. Yes. Um, filmmaker, screenwriter, producer. And for me, the symbols in this movie, I mean, I don't know. Something hits different every time I watch it. And I just rewatched Nope at the same time as I rewatched this. And it was only my second time seeing Nope uh, since it came out of theaters and onto streaming. And I just find something different every time I rewatch one of his films. I mean, yeah, my first thoughts on this are going to be very, uh, very symbol heavy. How about you? <laughs> um. Well, like I hadn't watched this one in a, in a minute in a hot minute but mm-hmm. i remember when it came out and very similar to my experience with get out and with nope i ended up seeing it in a couple of different like because I, I like as you guys know as you constant listeners know um i tend to see movies at least once or twice especially ones i really really like or ones i want to see yeah. again and i mean in theaters so like i definitely saw this with a crowd that was um not white <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I saw it with a crowd that was white. It's almost like I'm running my own unofficial social experiment here. You and... are. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, it was very different in between, in, in both two different experiences. But I fell in love with this movie immediately. I, I was almost like, no notes. Perfect. Like for me, it was the perfect amount of like physical horror and dread. And the same amount of like, um, you know, uh, social commentary and all that kind of stuff. And then the references, it was all just a beautiful, beautiful layered cake. <laughs> did the, did the amount of gore in this kind of like take you back for a second? Cause it, it surprised me, I think for a Peel film, how much gore was in this? It kind of did, especially given how in Get Out there wasn't really that much gore. It was all anticipation and then much like some Tarantino films, all the action was in the last 10 minutes. Right. Um, Which is fine. But um, I found that there... So compared to Get Out, definitely a lot of gore. And then compared to Nope, if you go like, you know, backwards, like this one definitely had the most gore. And and I would argue this was probably the most overt horror movie of his three. Yes. I'm glad you said that because... Rewatching this, especially right after rewatching Nope, I I see where he was going. I think with the symbolism in Nope now a little bit stronger than before, um, and not that I mean, and we did an episode on Nope like right when it came out, but and we've talked about it ad nauseum. But overall, my first feelings of it. Or is it, this is just a beautiful film, like the cinematography, the colors, the textures, that opening sequence at the fair, you know, very Lost Boys, really just, it put me in that dreamlike state that I think all good movies do where, you know, going to the movies and sitting in the theater with other people is like having a mass hallucination. You all go into like this dark room, you mm-hmm. all suspend reality for the next two hours, you know, and Spend you- Spend your disbelief. Right. And you basically reimburse yourself into a film, I think, in a way that you can't really do with theater sometimes, especially when theater has an intermission. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if we're going to have this group hallucination of going into the underground and finding our shadow selves, I mean, (sighs) heavy shit. Um, I will say, Uh 
I took away different interpretations on the third and fourth viewing than I did on the first two viewings. Yes, it was definitely one of those ones, like I've mentioned before, and I will always use him as an example, but Edgar Wright, it was an Edgar yes. Wrightian-esque film where it's like, he gives you a movie that you consume once, you peel back one layer, you consume it again, you peel back another one, and another one, and another one, and you keep finding things that you miss. Like, I definitely, this is maybe my, like, I'd say at least fifth or sixth watch of this movie overall, yeah. and I was still picking up some things that we'll go into a little later, but just insane insane how much you can pack into one script it's the uh, shrekification of movies yes <laughs> onions onions and layers and all that good and stuff. then i saw my face now i'm a believer yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that might be the tagline for this episode <laughs> uh that first sequence though of of her going into the fun house I noticed something on the second watch that I didn't notice on the, well, this is not the second time I've seen this. I guess the second more recent one, I like you, I've seen this at least four times, but yeah, the, uh, the fun house, even though it's like, you know, spirit quest, which is vaguely culturally insensitive. <laughs> I mean, not vaguely it is, um, with, you know, the medicine man's, you know, vision quest. And then in the future it's mythic quest with a wizard, but both times they don't change the second heading of it in lights that says, find yourself. And I, for whatever reason, I, again, I've seen this movie several times now and I've never noticed it says find yourself, which I think there's so many not in your face uh, symbols that this, and then the Jeremiah eleven eleven, which I do want to talk about because he starts off, he doesn't start off nope with a Bible. Well, he does start off nope with a Bible verse. He doesn't start off get out with a Bible verse. I don't think if I'm remembering correctly, I'm sure somebody will tell me if I'm not. Uh, but so if the Bible verse that he starts out nope with is, you know, from Nahum, Old Testament, all about casting you out and making a vile spectacle of you. So Jeremiah eleven eleven, and this is from the uh, good old King James version, because I was raised very Baptist. Uh, the Bible verse itself says, therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. So for me, this is a takeaway that I got again, this is like my fourth or fifth watch like you. This time I felt more of the shadow self than necessarily the theme that a lot of people harp on, which is the haves and the have nots, which is 110% still there. I mean, it's literally like <laughs> the underground workers versus the people who are literally in an above ground, you know, world of whatever they want to have. So for the overall theme for me being, you know, we all have this side of ourselves and this gets talked a lot about in the spiritual community and then kind of retranslated via psychotherapy is like your your inner child in some ways, but it's your shadow self. So it's the parts of you that you might not really like, but you you have to accept it and heal it or it's going to come whoop your ass. <laughs> and that's literally what happens in this movie. <laughs> that's literally it. And I, uh, it's almost like, okay, in a way it's like the symbolism hits you in the face, but it also doesn't hit you in the face. Yes, yes. Like absolutely. just to bring it back to the opening for a second, just to like uh, steer away from the mythic, mythic thing for a second there. Um, even the, when young Adelaide is watching TV, like you see that like stack of VHS is there and like all of those are referenced. Like uh, the one I can remember off the top of my head was Chud, the Chud. Yes. Like that's definitely referenced in this movie if oh you think God, about yeah. it. Right. And like the hands, obviously the hands across America, which honestly I thought provided the best comic relief. For, it was sinister for this movie, obviously, but it provided the best comic relief because it just keeps coming back and back and back and back and back. I wanted to ask you, like, did you know what that was before yeah. you watched this movie? Okay, because it's obviously it's hands across America, not hands across North America. So I was like, yeah. I wonder if Bhavna knew what this was the first time she saw this. <laughs> no, I did. It, I did. It was before my time, but like I was aware of it having happened, well, you know. Yeah. Like we got, we got uh, American television 
on our TV. Like, I yeah. grew up with NBC as a channel. I grew up with yeah. CBS as a channel, AMC as a channel. Like, we got that on our cable for a long time. So we grew up with, like, American – like, we had Canadian cable as well. But, like, we grew up with that as part of our television package. It only changed, like, later is when, like, broadcasting laws and whatever yeah, else yeah. changed. Like, we had PBS as well. So, like – um we got commercials for that type of stuff. So like, but the context within I knew it within which I knew it was um, because I was born in the late eighties. So like nineties was when I would have remembered this kind of stuff. Was that like, yeah. oh, remember this failed stupid thing that we all did? Well, and and we can absolutely hop around. We don't have to go like timeline. Not that we oh, God, ever no. have, but, <laughs> but the fact that the hands across America stunt in real life wound up actually costing more money than it raised for hunger cracks me up because the fact that young Adelaide picks that as her, I'm going to use this symbolism to make a point. It's kind of, to me, it was commentary on the fact that, you know, you can think you're an activist. You can say you're doing things for the right reason, but if you're not looking at the, impact versus the intent who cares because I don't think she thought through what was going to happen you know once you kill all your tethers like well now what the fuck do we do because yeah they don't know how to do anything by themselves they've been living underground no and the only one that would know the most of what to do would be Adelaide right and it's you know looking back I kind of wonder how I didn't pick up on the fact that she was body swapped at the beginning of the movie faster like how I didn't pick up on that faster because her plan was so juvenile and it was so I don't know and like her speech being screwed up from like you know revealing that she got choked and everything I don't know how I didn't pick up on that faster I'm sure you picked it up like right away (laughs) well the first time I watched it I didn't realize she was body swapped until we all figured out she was body swapped because I was so caught up in the moment um, I was just scared. Yeah. Oh God, right? Like I was scared. I was like, oh no, did she kill her? Like, what's going on? Like, blah, blah, blah. How did she get out of there? Like, I thought she maybe ran, but then I was like, wait a minute. If it's not showing you what happened, then anything could have happened. And what I didn't notice on my first watch was I believe, and like you guys can fact check me and tell me if I'm wrong. Please tell me if I'm wrong. I might have just have been too not sober when I was doing this rewatch. <laughs> was that the mirror, like the tethered Adelaide had different colored baubles in her hair tie and Adelaide Adelaide had different colored baubles. Like I believe one was red and one was white. And then Did it there was side? a swap when she was in the car. Oh, I didn't catch that at all because I was so consumed with the fact that the actress that plays young Adelaide, Adelaide just her eyes, her expressions are just amazing. Um, I mean, everyone in this movie knocked it out of the park. Let, we can talk about, the acting for days on end. Winston oh Duke. Oh my god. <laughs> Nick gets sick of me quoting uh his line because I'm just like, you want to get crazy? We can get, get crazy. crazy. And I, I say it all the time and I'm like, I should Listen, have been him for Halloween. <laughs> Winston Duke costume. is one of the I mean we'll talk more on his character a little later as well, but like he is one of the most underrated actors of this generation. Agreed. TBQ fucking H. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it was really interesting to see him as a dad because in uh, a lot of his other films, he's definitely not. No. Nope. <laughs> he's he's a different kind of dad. He's a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just, I really appreciated seeing him and Lupita play these very soft characters, like very upper middle class like he went mm-hmm. to Howard they have a beach house like which, financially comfortable they inherited yes. I think the implication is that they inherited from her mom right and I do love that the beach house was still stuck in the like 80s because I fucking love that golden girls motif like you, you know like my like my grandma my 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 nanima she had like her a lot of her furniture like was patchwork by the time she had passed but like right. a lot of it was from like the 80s i remember her having like her like having like straw as part of her couch yes boning. we love a a wicker moment especially at the beach and then that like really muted beige marble business with like with like bleached wood (laughs) oh i can i could literally smell this beach house because it was so again this movie is 
sensual, not like sexual sensual, but like a sensual experience. You mm-hmm. can, it's very tactile. And like, like I could, I could picture myself playing Barbies on that, like coffee table. <laughs> right. And like the fact that there's like a dance mirror downstairs with all of her stuff. And like, I just, I could put myself there. And like when she's eating cotton candy at the boardwalk yeah. and, um, you know, there's just, I think on the flip side of that, we get to see the people who also own a house at the beach and the implications that they are more wealthy than mm-hmm. the black family. It's Elizabeth and it's, Moss and what's the actor? Oh God, I forget his name. Oh, IMDB. <laughs> yes, UIMDB. But like they're, it's implied that they're way more wealthy because they have the more modern house. It's on the water as opposed to like down the way into the water. Right. Their um, boat is bigger. There's like subtle things where it's like she talks about having a facelift, um, or like little procedures done on her face. Like I right. believe it's just implied. Like it's a really, really su- subtle scene where it's like she just implies that she had a she little says, tough she thing. She says, "Do you see anything different?" Like lifts yeah. her sunglasses. And Adelaide, that's the best thing that you could tell someone yeah. who has procedures done. She says, "You look exactly the same as last year." And she goes, oh, "Thank you." And that killed me. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh my I god, what killed so me much. was like at the end of that scene where she was just like, it's vodka o'clock after her drinking same. rose at the beach. And all I could think of was like, girl, you're hangover. <laughs> oh, it's Tim Heidecker. How did I How, how did, did I, I forget like, his name? <laughs> we, we both love him. Anyways, yes. uh I think it's really interesting that they were so much more well to do. Like, yes. They had a Range Rover because the first thing, the first thing when uh they die, they get back to the hotel or not the hotel, done. the beach house. Yes. She says, Zora says, Does this mean we get their car? And I was like, Yes, baby girl. I know that you know what you're about. Yeah. Uh, and then, oh no. And then Winston Duke's character, he's just like, Did you see the car? Like, he had to do that. He did that to stun on me. And I was just yeah. like, <laughs> And, and their yacht being called the Biatch, that killed me. <laughs> I was like, that's such a dick move. Like, that's 100% something, like, new money would do. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Um, and I think, too, like, it even reflects in their tethers that come above ground. Like, mm-hmm. uh, the little boy being, which he scares Pluto? me more than, Pluto scares me more than anyone else. I was like, holy shit. He's wearing, like, a Slipknot-style mask. And I was like, yeah. And when he pulls down the mask on the other, like, the real little boy. Yeah. So do you think this? there's a theory going on? Mm-hmm. And I had not heard this until probably a couple months ago. And somebody else brought it up. Mm-hmm. Um, that he also got switched at some point in his lifetime. Because the, Zora says... Um, he learned the magic trick last year, but he forgot. And then the tethered burns, has like a burned mouth. Like Pluto has the burned mouth, you know? And so the theory is that he basically lit himself on fire because the little uh, that's, boy. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. The only thing I can think of is like, but they would have had to have come to the beach house. That's what that I said. Happened. And I don't, and I think it's implied that they haven't been there in years. Right. and Because so, they didn't really know their way around. Right. And I think, too, well, and, and obviously the teenage girl, Zora, was, she had enough memory of it to be like, oh, this is where, you know, we're going to get stuck if we play in the closet. And I think she does say, didn't you get stuck in there last time? But I don't think right. they ever say it's been exactly a year. Has Again, Jordan Peele addressed that or? Oh. Uh, you know, I didn't think he did. He he addressed some other stuff while I was because you know I like to look up the trivia after I watch something, and I was like, same interesting because I because because Nick was asking me why do they look at each other at the end? Well, and they I look was, at each other because he notices that it's not his mom, right? But Nick was like, "How does he know it's not his mom?" Good question. I thought it was maybe right. because they're very close. That's what I always thought it was because they were very, very close. And he noticed something off on, about her because they, you can tell that they're extremely close. Yes. Like it's the daughter and the father and the mother and the, the son. Like, so that that's are, what that I said. Pairs. That's what I said. And that's reflected in my own family structure. Like, you know, growing up, I was a daddy's girl. My mom was like a mama's boy. Like it's, it's very much, you know, the, the same, but I said it was only because they were so close, but he also, neither one of them 
were technically on beat at the beginning of the movie when she's like, all right, get on beat. And she's showing him at a snap to I Got Five on it, which yeah. obviously best use of a song in a movie in a long time. Very. Um, oh, my God. I still have the creepy version on my the playlist. Do. Oh, <laughs> I actually used that in a um, in a dance one time in a dance session in class. And I was like, I have missed this. Um, oh, so good. It's so good. Uh, but the when she's telling him, like, get on beat, and she's snapping, neither one of them are technically on beat. They're on tempo, but they're not on the beat. They're not on beat, no. So, to me, that was when I started to question, like, this, you know, the second and third time I watched it after it came out, I was starting to question, like, okay, how early on do we see this happen? Um, but I don't know. I think that's just me extrapolating my pattern finding <laughs> to the extreme. <laughs> Listen, it happens. It happens. But like my, but back to like the mom and and him like in the car at the end, I just assumed it's because they were extremely close. Okay. Like that he, this is, that was, I'm willing to have my mind changed. Like, thank you, Nick. Um, I'm going to make him listen to this now. (laughs) He listens anyways, but I'm going to be like, this is the timestamp. Thanks, Nick. Please weigh in. Um, Please send us an email at bloodybroadspot. I was going to say, he doesn't do social, so we're going to have to get like a. (laughs) Please send us an email. Um, But uh, what was I going to say? No, I, I thought it was because they were close because she still had that kind of fucking cagey look to her. When they she were did. leaving, like that, like, okay, let me escape now. Let me escape now. Like, let me get the fuck out of here. I can do this. Yeah. I can fake it. Like, well, getting out the, of there. The because thing- he doesn't look like he's comfortable with her. If it was, pl- if it was like the switched baby, he'd be like, all right, I know who you are. We've got this mutually assured destruction thing going on. Right. But he looked terrified. Because the other thing that raised this question was the scene when they come upon their own car doused in flames and he says, oh, it's a trick. And Pluto is about to light the match. And she's like, no, 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 no. Because why would she be so emotional about, you know, him immolating himself if it's not her kid? And it could just be because it's a kid. But it's a tether who wants to kill her actual biological children. So. Yeah. Huh. I know. I would love for the audience to weigh in on this. It's like the one time I wish we were live streaming because I we want I your feedback on this, you guys. You have to tweet us, email us. Please tweet us, DM email us. us, whatever. Like, please, please, please do. I know we say it every episode, but this one, please, we would love to have a discussion, like an open discussion with everybody. Well, and again, it's all <sighs> – it's all the layers of this. And mm-hmm. like, we haven't even gotten into like our list of symbols no. yet. No, because I have an extensive list. <laughs> yeah. And and it's just really interesting to me that this was truly one of the first movies in a while that I didn't guess the quote unquote twist of probably about 15 to 20 minutes into the film. Mm-hmm. This and Cabin in the Woods were the two yeah. that I was like, what the hell when they happened? <laughs> I Cabin in the Woods we definitely should cover soon. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But but I didn't guess that. And yeah. I know normally you're the kind of person that when we watch something you I you say something kind of, stupid like, "Oh, I bet it's this." And then it actually ends not up stupid. Being that. It just ends up being that. And obviously with the exception of Barbarian which threw everybody off. God, um please go see it. Yes. Oh, please, uh, see it. please watch it. It'll it's on it's on <laughs> streaming by the time this comes out. So It's on Disney uh, Plus in Canada. Please watch it. Oh, nice. Uh, one more thing that Canada got before America. <laughs> um, but it just, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm, am I way off base here? Like, did you? No. no yeah. No. Like, I didn't understand. I, like, I mean, I didn't know they were tethered. I had no idea, like, that that was the whole thing, obviously. And, like, even when I should have gotten it, which is when she went down to the to fun, mystery fun house yeah and like got i should have known at that point not that she would have been body shop but body swapped but like given that plus like the little disclaimer at the beginning where it's like the u.s has run these experiments they're all over the place like blah blah blah, blah. so i will say the other thing that i caught not this time but like on one of my subsequent watches that i did not catch in the theater yep um when we see the old man at the beginning and she's telling them don't look like he you know the don't dead look. the guy being carted off the guy who had who had the sign yes and he was the guy same guy obviously from her childhood um 
I didn't notice that when they're at the beach and um, he runs off to play mm-hmm. that and Jason's like, oh, I just had to go to the bathroom that the guy that he walks up to who's just standing there with his hands out is that same person's tether. He's the homeless person, the houseless oh. person's tether. And I didn't and catch I that the first the time. Yeah. I, I didn't notice because of the fingers being bloody. I, I That went right over my head. I was like, why is he standing there? And I knew he, obviously by the end, I knew he was a tethered, but yeah. I didn't catch that he was that specific man's tethered at first. And I don't oh, know, normally okay. I'm so much better about pattern. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I was like, how did I miss that? Um, again, I think that just speaks to Peel's ability to kind of make you feel odd um, mm-hmm. every time something you something. off about this. What is it? Yes. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'm glad you also had that same experience. And I hope other people did too. Because, again, rewatching Nope recently, I loved it even more this second time. And yep. every time I rewatch one of his <clears throat> films, I just enjoy them more. I don't know. Like, I just That's I it. love them. Like, okay. <laughs> Jordan Peele is to horror as Edgar Wright is to horror comedy <laughs> or oh, whatever his genre is that he has not, nip- he has not honed in on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because he does do horror as well, but like, but Jordan Peele is his counterpart. I would say like they have a very, very similar filmmaking style. And I'm not talking about visually. I'm talking about the meat of it. Like, I need to do a little bit deeper dive into his stuff. Cause I've seen all of it, but like, and I like Who's? most of it. Edgar writes, but oh, yeah. I there's pieces I, I I guess I haven't correlated. You know, there's not to, much I can make you a list. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, yeah. I just there, now I want to do like a, a one Edgar Wright versus one Jordan Peele, like a double feature. Ooh, to, yeah. I should come up with those. <laughs> you should you uh, subscribe to our Patreon, you guys. Yes. That'll be a future. I'll, come, I'll give a you future like a post. good double bill. <laughs> Uh, well, before we get into our massive list of symbols, now that we've kind of talked about the overarching theme, yes. I think we should take a quick commercial break. I think so, too. So stay tuned for some more free thoughts. Welcome back, guys. I hope you enjoyed those free thoughts that, like I always say, we do not get paid for, or at least not enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't fast forward through the ads. If you guys didn't know, that's actually... Uh, <laughs> The only way we make money besides the Patreon from this, but that goes for all podcasts. Listen, uh, this is a passion project of love. Yes. Like we do not expect a profit. We don't do this for a profit. Profit would be really nice. So <laughs> <laughs> it would. But taking notes on this film, you and I both had a lot of the same uh, symbols pop up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one that I definitely was interested to get your opinion on because yeah. numer- numerology is really heavy in esoteric belief systems, and I, I think yeah. it features. I mean, pretty heavily in astrology, obviously, that you and I are both into. And, and yeah, and you like talked about it, it Hind- in our like astrology and the Hinduism flavor as well. Numerology exactly. is very big. Like there's so many people. There's a lot of like uh, Indian celebrities that have changed their names to ha- be an exact number for numerology. A lot of people have changed the spelling of their names. That actually makes total yeah. sense knowing like, what I were- know about that belief system. Yeah. Yep. So they changed their – a lot, like not even their whole name, but just like they would change it to be like, okay – my name is X number of letters, numbers, letters long. It needs to now be this number of letters. Long. Oh, that makes sense. And, yeah. Well, the number that keeps coming up in this is 1111, uh, which Make it's on wish. the, yeah, it's on the clock. It's on the Jeremiah 1111. Uh, someone recently pointed out that the black flag t-shirt that Zora wears is 1111. The yep. symbol is 1111, which now I'm yep. like looking at my, uh, your black flag t-shirt. My, yeah. And I'm like, how have I never noticed that? um punk kids what up (laughs) yeah but to me that's like a hallmark of spiritual psychosis because I think it's really easy when you have um symptoms of compulsions or even OCD and um you can have or if you're a borderline personality disorder you can there's a lot of mental health things where you focus on numbers and Mm -hmm. I'm very into a lot of you know, again, esoteric quote unquote beliefs. Like I'm really into the idea that, that we all are connected. But when I see that 11, 11 comes up, it's, it's mirrored and it's not, not just like a nine and nine or a two and a two. It's double It's digits. a perfect palindrome. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just like 12, 21, which would be to me more impactful for this movie being a mirror image yeah. being flipped across the, you know, divide. 
But the fact that it's 11, 11 to show that it's the same both ways, Mm -hmm. because the only difference between real quote unquote Adelaide and then her tether red was that red got to be who the girl who Adelaide was supposed to be. And Adelaide then had to become the girl that red was supposed to be. So to me, that's where I see some of that symbolism of upper middle, lower class you know, there being this caste system to bring it in, you know, full circle of the only difference between the haves and the have nots. It's not talent. It's not, no, there's nothing innately special about you. It's literally circumstance. And I think that's a little bit more overt, but I think there's, again, there's layers to that. And I was, I love that you also made a note of that. I was like, same brain. Yeah. And like to bring it back to 1111, just specifically as well, like, you know, the whole make a wish thing that ties in as well too, because it's like all they wanted was to switch lives. The people they wanted to come up. So 1111 make a wish. And can we talk about (laughs) this, the, when she does go, they have the flashback of her actually going all the way underground two specific things happened that really snagged me. Um, Mm -hmm. One was the fact that she uses an escalator both times to go down. So as a child and as an adult, and when you practice any sort of belief system where you can do a past life regression, a lot of people that are practitioners of that, who will guide you through that, use either stairs or, or going down an escalator to kind of symbolize going down into your past lives and I yeah. found that fascinating that he chose an escalator because, I mean, it's not it's not an elevator. It's not a stair where you're walking. It's a, you have to choose to get on the escalator, but like once you're on it, you kind of are on it, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That just fascinated me. And then the other thing that tickled me was the people, per, their tethers that were on the roller coaster in the hallway. And they were like, uh, uh. <laughs> and then doing the, uh, that killed me <laughs> to bring it back to 11 as well. Her yeah. Adelaide's t-shirt. Remember how she wins a thriller t-shirt? Yes. Her prize number is 11. Yes. There's so many uses of the number 11 in this film. And I, you know, every, everyone can, take that however they want in terms of the spiritual meaning, but on a more earthly level, I mean, one plus one is two. So yeah. (laughs) And 11 plus 11 is 22. Um, That fascinates the shit out of me. Numerology just, and it's all about repetition too. So a lot of, uh, you know, the theme music gets, the score gets repeated. The themes underneath the score get repeated um, the two versions of, I got five on it. Um, I mean, again, the Easter eggs were probably the best in this specific film, like get out us and Nope out of all three. This had the, in my opinion, best. Easter it had eggs. the most rich. Easter yes. Agree. Like, Cause for. I want to talk about one of my favorites Easter eggs, which is his multiple homages to the shining. <gasps> yes. Multiple. Um, one, the obvious one were the twin girls. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, they're kind of dead inside twinness. <laughs> and then when they are dead, that whole like robotic, like, is this where they got the idea for Megan? The way they were moving around? <laughs> like... All right. <laughs> Maybe we'll have, a uh, a Kayla on to, to talk about that. Yeah. Putting that out into the universe. But yeah, yes. but I then never, there's... Mm-hmm. I had never noticed the twins being like twins in The Shining, actually, yep. because they reminded me more of um, zombies from Silent Hill. Or I feel end, like it's a twofer. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. But there, that's one. Another one is that, like, you know, them wa- driving down the winding, empty road. That, that shot, shot, that aerial the, shot. The opening shot is, like, pretty much almost exactly the same as the shining actually <laughs> yeah the mostly empty road and then like uh i mean i feel like the twin girls was like more like a haha kind of yeah. reference to that um and then um you know the whole when like the wendy homage with the with the bat, bat yeah <laughs> give me the bat <laughs> <laughs> sorry i always quote the the shining before i quote the shining on that one Give me the bat, Marge. Give me the well, bat. <laughs> and I think, too, it's really interesting that, and I think, again, this is a play on their class status. They didn't have a gun 
I mean, they're mm-hmm. also in California, so that's a whole other cultural thing. But they did have a bat. And, you know, we can talk a little bit more about this when we have, I feel like, guests who are probably more qualified to speak on this. But a, a Black family having to defend their property. That kind of, yeah. Right. And also not get arrested in the process. I think not get arrested. And like, even the little subtle nuances within that too, like her telling Adelaide to put her shoes on. Right. To run. Like, yeah, she knows her daughter's a sprinter, but like, just who thinks of that in the middle of a crisis? Oh my God. You know, like who would have to think of that? That a a black family, like a non, a person who is marginalized by most of society, but definitely by the authorities. Right. And, you know, he also did it with the music, right? So, like, Mm -hmm. the Easter eggs for this movie, like you said, were the most rich. But the famous one that everybody laughs at is when uh, Elizabeth Moss's character is saying, you know, what what's the call the police call yeah, the but, police but, but i can't remember the alexa knockoff that they call her oh i forgot what it was called too but it was yeah, just but like anyways it, she says call the police and it says now playing fuck the police, the police. and uh <laughs> the opening line of that song is very famously straight from the underground which in the Dead. moment the first okay so again that's another one of those things like in the theater i didn't catch but the second time we rented it on video on demand i want to say like during like lockdown lockdown and at the moment i heard that i just went oh, because i i was like yep. how did i not catch that before yeah like that was that that's a whole thing now that you brought up the music it's like all the music that they used are Californian artists like this movie this movie takes place in California the Beach Boys NWA right like uh, I forgot the duo that did I got five on it but them as well yes they're all from California and the Beach Boys was such a good background for that scene I was right (laughs) any anytime I think that's one of the tropes I love in horror filmmaking in general is using a very upbeat song during a very uh killer moment I know yeah. it's kind of played out now with trailers that like slow down a yeah. song, but I think not changing the tempo and just like leaving it as is is genius. <laughs> yeah, like Jordan Peele's done that. Like the iconic song from Get Out was the Donald Glover, mm-hmm. the Childish Gambino song. And then in this, I for, why am I forgetting the name? I know that song by heart. <laughs> um, but that song, and then you've got, I've got five on it from, us and then in nope it's um i wear my sunglasses, wear my sunglasses. <laughs> but that version slowed down is Creeps so damn fuck out it was so excellent for that moment um it was um but there were just a few more references i wanted to talk about yes that were kind of subtle that i because i kind of did a deep dive on um looking up these references because some of them i got on my own some of them i researched so like don't think that. i'm this smart readers listeners don't think <laughs> i'm this smart see i called you readers i'm not that smart <laughs> One was to reference Clockwork Orange, which was a little subtle. Yes. Yeah. So it's um, basically, you know, it's it, it, but it's it's subtle, but not subtle. It's the whole like, you know, the upper class is being invaded by right the quote unquote the lower, lower class, class right? Yeah. Like, um, and in or in Clockwork Orange, it's uh, singing in the rain with the music. That's kind of ironic, like kind of like the the. One of my all-time favorite right. uses of a song in a film, which we talked about at length. Which we episode. did talk about, and we talked about the rights and how they just had to use it, so they just used it over the credits. Um, and then Good Vibration. For more for more on that, please listen to our episode on Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Um, you know, and then with this one, it's Good Vibrations, and then Fuck the Police. <laughs> you know what cracks me up about Good Vibrations, too, is that it's the quintessential California surf song that's not Surf in USA or California Girls. Uh, yeah. but, um, I think it, it, they were so unprepared for the tethered to come at them. And I see that so often having worked as a personal assistant for very, very wealthy families, they have all these security systems in place. Like, but when push comes to shove, like if the power goes out, these people are fucked. Like, I, that's why you got to go old school with the bat. I'm <laughs> if saying. If you want to get crazy, let's get, get crazy. crazy. <laughs> um, the Another reference is there's a really good reference to I Spit on Your Grave. Oh, I missed that. And I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. So basically, in I Spit on Your Grave, four invaders attack a woman, like an, uh, an urban yes. woman yeah. in her country home. And in retribution, one's killed with 
the boat's motor. What happened in... So the first time I saw this in theaters, you know, I didn't get that Abraham was killed by the motor because it was so dark visually that I couldn't quite see. I have astigmatism. Y'all got to be patient with me. Don't ever ask (laughs) me to drive at night. Don't watch movies super dark. I knew he hit something, but I couldn't tell if it was the motor or the anchor. So it's interesting that you brought that up. I I never knew. Yeah. Also, that makes me think of Sleepaway Camp. Yep. At the beginning. (laughs) Yep. And there's also definitely like... De Palma camera action going on. Who y'all know? I go up for De Palma. I he is we trashy. Are De Palma stand account. <laughs> Listen, I God bless. What a man, and what not man. always in a positive way. <laughs> no. And then I think the one that was the most obvious, if you're familiar with Jordan Peele as a person and his work as well, is The Twilight Zone. There are countless references to Twilight Zone in this movie. Like I don't yes. even know where to begin. Um, which. Like mirror image? Mirror (laughs) image was probably the first one that came to my mind. And I think too, um, having rewatched a lot of the older Twilight Zones recently, because I just, that's my comfort show that and like Mm -hmm. X-Files sometimes. Seeing now what he did with the reboot of the Twilight Zone and he only produced it. He didn't necessarily direct and write all those episodes, but you and I really enjoyed that. And a lot of people- We did had shit to say about it and I was like because they're all like it's not political and I'm like ma'am right, it has always been political right and I mean I just rewatched the episode of Twilight Zone the other day where she gets to pick out her new face not in the eye of the beholder but a different one mm-hmm. and I'm like god that's literally exactly what was happening and they said it in the year 2000 and which cracks me up because like plastic surgery was absolutely a thing in the 40s and 50s. Oh, it was 1,000% a thing in the 2000s. Clearly, it was not great, but it was Right, <laughs> right. Well, and so I just, again, we we talk a lot about his his ability to make a film rewatchable, and I think these sort of subtlety mm-hmm. is what helped. This kind of subtlety is what helps. These nods are what help. Yeah. Um, and another one, which was very subtle but in your face, um, was the board games in the closet. Oh, yeah. I knew Guess Who. I saw Guess so Who in there. There was Guess Who, who which is obvious. And there's Candyland, Drop It, and Monster Trap. I have. N- I did not notice uh, Drop It and Monster Trap being in there. I well, only I mean, you're saw- too busy trying to trying to see if the kid's going to set his face on fire. So that's right. fair. <laughs> the only thing. The only thing I noticed about Guess Who was because that one was so prominent. Yeah, yeah, it was right there in the middle of the shot. There's three shots of that closet. Yeah. Um. But wow. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's a uh, new to me. Um, and to round out the other videos that we were talking about, because I know yeah. we mentioned Chud. The other ones were the Goonies, uh, which. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I see it. Yeah. It's our. You know, like it, you can kind of see the reference in when, like, when he goes, "It's our time now, our time up there." Yeah. Right. I. I. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's his big speech. It's like, oh shit. Well. Pff. It's been um, so long since I've seen The Goonies too, but now yeah. I want to go back and watch it. Okay, okay. The Man with Two Brains. <gasps> yeah. How, how have I never thought of that? Also, Steve Martin's so good in that movie. He is. It's, <laughs> again, one of the ones that's probably been 10, 15 years since I've bothered to watch, but wow, noted. Uh, the Right Stuff, which I don't know how much of that they use in this. I'm not too familiar. I know I've seen it, but not many times. But I I've saved, never seen it, I don't think. I saved the best one for laugh for last for laughs as well. For laughs. A nightmare on Elm Street. That's very obvious to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was very obvious to me. That was super obvious. Um but also fun fact, uh this the the beach at Santa Cruz, that's yeah. where they shot the Lost Boys. Uh, that I knew. Okay, yeah, because I mean yeah. the boardwalk was very obvious. Um you know, the beginning is so Lost Boys heavy and it's obviously set in the 86 and like she gets a thriller t-shirt and I think what I find really interesting about those specific references are those are ones that I are for horror fans right and I feel like he does this in a lot of his movies he gives us two versions of references he does the ones that I'm about to kind of more discuss the ones we discussed before and then he gives us the ones that you just listed so he gives us horror fan stuff and then he gives us like if you want to nerd out, you can over the other things. Um, but you can still enjoy the film. 
I, I, I would have still found this scary if I hadn't picked up on some of the spiritual yeah. uh, things. Uh, for me, one of the things that stood out the most was probably the use of rabbits as a symbol for a, they're easy to breed. B, uh, they were being used as food, which is as someone who fosters rabbits it was so upsetting. I was like, Oh my God, I started off the movie being like, Oh, so cute. And then by the end of the movie, I was like, Oh no. Um, this but, isn't uh, creepy at all. Just the music. Uh, yeah. Well, that cage of when she, when grown adult Adelaide red goes down the stairs and, uh, goes on the escalator and there's like all the rabbits hopping around. I joke every time. I'm like, that's my dream to like walk in and have like a room full of bunnies. Uh, I'm sure that that scares the shit out of other people. But for me, I immediately thought of the, a modest proposal by Swift, which we all had to read at some point in high school. Oh um, yeah. I was about to be like, it's been a decade at least or oh, at two least. since I've read it. <laughs> so again, that's more of a higher level. I call those my Frasier references, like Frasier and Niles would get them. Um, Love Frasier. I do too. That one killed me. I think the other thing was kind of just in the subtle ways that she interacts with her family when she realizes who it is coming after her. When she realizes, oh, this is my real self whose place I took coming after me. And that thing that's coming after her, that person is mentally stuck as a child. Of course she, she would be. She's raised underground by yep. herself with other yep. tethers who do not had, have the ability to speak. Had to give herself a C-section. Had to... Right. She, she, she had to cut... Like, when I think about her cutting her daughter and her son out of her, I'm just like, oh my god. And, and then her injur- injuring herself on purpose to fuck over... Right. What's your face? When she uh, when she's giving that whole speech at the beginning, well, it's about a third of the way through the film, you know. Uh-huh. I know you felt it. I felt it. Uh, once upon a time, there was a girl, that kind of stuff. And and I know Lupita, I think she should have won a Best Actress nomination. This is the hill I will fucking die on. And anyone that's heard me talk about horror movies knows this about me, is that I am so pissed that she didn't get a nomination for this. She's already a respected actress in her field. She already, she won the Oscar, right? right She's right. already won an Oscar. She has the range. And in this one, she actually got to flex her fucking muscles. That vocal work would have fried my throat because that was all her. Forget the physicality. The physicality was insane. Incredible. Yeah, loved it. Like, no offense to Black Panther. Love Black Panther. Great movies. Great movies. But those stunts don't have anything on the physicality she had to do for this movie. And everyone can fucking fight me. Because it is a lot harder to stay still in a weird position than it is to fight. Absolutely. I I speak from experience. And I think, too, you know, I do want to acknowledge she did get some pushback from uh, people who are... So there's people who are disabled who have a disability that make their voice sound like that. And prior to this film... I didn't know that. I didn't know that either prior to the film. And and I know that, you know, kind of in the months after it came out, there was some discussion around it. So I do understand that aspect. And I can't imagine having my disability if I had like if I had a disability and it was used against me as a boogeyman. But that's a conversation you and I have in tons of horror movies. It is. But also, I don't look at her as the villain either. She's not the villain of this story. She's trying to claw back in a weird, twisted way. Like, you can tell me what you think as well. But, like, I think of her as the hero. I don't look at normal Adelaide, I'm going to call her, as as the victim necessarily because she knew it was coming. She had an idea. There's we Obviously, later when we find out that she was body swapped, we find out that, like, like you know that she got body shot but that's when all of her other comments make sense like why she's so paranoid why she wants her kids in sight all the time why she's looking out for all these coincidences why she's like paranoid about certain things and she sees it because she sees it before everybody else i know it's very subtle but like yeah we see it initially as like she's just a concerned mom that's kind of paranoid it's her mom sense bullshit not her mom sense that is a hundred percent her being like I fucked over those people down there and they're going to come back someday. Right. And 
we will bring this up ironically in our next episode. Um, <laughs> yes, we will. About it's, the it's mind use, fuck o'clock people. <laughs> right. About the use of ballet in horror films. Um, because ballet is a very controlled art and I started really late in the game. Um, I was legally an adult when I finally took an actual ballet series and not just like as part of a larger dance education. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, um, I still do it. It's, it's a good pastime, but like it requires so much control and so much focus that it's, no wonder it shows up in a lot of horror themes, right? Like it's, I just rewatched possession now that it's on shutter it's in possession. It's in this film. It's in black Swan. I'm noticing. Was it in an opera as well? Yes. Yeah. Um, it's well, cause it's part of the opera. The opera. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But still, it's still part it's of the hor- in, plot. It's in tons of horror films. And so I'm going to try to bring my thoughts, cohese them <laughs> to make up a word. Gel um, them together. <laughs> yes. In a way that I hope comes across to people who have also kind of struggled with paranoia and psychosis. Um, paranoia, psychosis, and overthinkers. Yes, because because those very much all overlap. Um, yes, I think. Hi, thing, me. <laughs> I think the thing that always sticks out to me is she did her damnedest never to acknowledge what happened to her as a child. Oh yes, that she's a poster traumatic. child for like. Please Dis- don't shove shit down. Dissociation, complete detachment from reality. And then it comes back to whoop her ass now that she's in this quote unquote safe environment where she has a loving husband, two very successful kids. Yeah, literally whooping her ass. A loving and hot husband. Right. Winston Duke at us. (laughs) And like the sweetest kids, like, you know, and this beautiful beach house. And she realizes like, I can no longer run from this the best I can do is deal with it and then tell them to spare my family, but that's not how trauma works. (laughs) And I think it's heartbreaking when you realize they are both little girls trapped in adult bodies. They are both in arrested development. They, her read in Adelaide's body, living her life that, you know, she took Adelaide's life from her is a more, intellectual arrest development but Adelaide that is playing red you know who got swapped I mean she just she never had a chance she she's the only person who can talk in this whole underground situation you know she reveals that eventually the program was abandoned so who knows at what age that was I mean even just becoming a girl I mean, becoming a woman from girlhood, like think about getting your first period in the underground, like think about, and I know people, their main uh, criticism of this film is like, well, where did they get all these matching red jumpsuits? Where did they get their clothes? Where did they get whatever? I think that's explained away in the whole, in the intro with like the US did these experiments. So I feel like there's got to be somebody that just comes down there and drunk dumps a truckload of shit or something like that. Exactly. So like a, um, like a never let me go style, but yes, I, you that'd took be the perfect words double out of my feature, mouth. by the way, never let me yeah. go in us. <laughs> they, you took the words out of my mouth with never yeah. let me go because that's what it reminds me of. But um, yes. I think that's kind of my shortened version of my original longer written out final thoughts is that like every other horror film, you can watch this and be like, damn, that was scary. That was gross in some ways. That was, psychologically fucked up but for me this film is so much about protecting protecting the peace that you've cultivated and protecting sort of what you've what you feel like you've earned in life so on the mental health side of things it's more about confrontation shadow self that kind of stuff but on the class and and race side of things it's more about you know, there are people in this world who are hurt by our actions, by our choice of fast fashion, by our choice of where we get our food, by our choice of, of everything. And, and that doesn't let corporations off the hook at all. Like I fully believe that there's only so much that individual people can do in their activism, but that collective action is still very much action. And I think we see this at the end of the film where they accomplished technically their part of the goal 
by doing this hands across America, but also we're going to whoop your ass stunt. And so, Oh yeah. My, you know, closing, I guess, sign off is just that the fact that every Jordan Peele movie generates so much conversation and analysis, that to me is art. Like that is the hallmark of an auteur. Art is absolutely subjective. Uh, subjective. Everybody can have their own opinion of this. We can sit here and dissect it all we want, but every person is going to get something different out of this. And that goes for obviously all movies, but specifically his. Because I've watched this movie four times and I've gotten something different out of it all four times. No, that's exactly it. And honestly, like, if there's one thing I know about a Jordan Peele movie, it's that I will probably get into a Twitter fight with some fucking asshole that takes things literally shoved in their face. That needs things to be heavy handed. I'm like, did we watch the same movie? Because it is heavy handed if you have a brain cell. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I'm going to give this four out of five pairs of scissors. (laughs) (sighs) I'm going to give it about four, four out of five, four and a half out of five as well. And I don't have a, like, I'll give it, I'll give it four rabbits out of five to match your scissors. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a, uh, normally when I say that, I'm like, oh, well, to get five, it would have had to do this. I don't know what that would be. I don't know what that would be either because the pacing was tight. Costumes were great. The lighting was great. Yeah. I, Maybe like a 4.5. Yeah. I think the only thing that kept it from being a full five for me is just maybe some of the confusion the first time I saw it, but that's personal. That's not a mark of his, you know, work. One thing I do like about us that I forgot to mention because I literally just thought of it. um, Was to bring it back to the wealthy white family. I forgot their names, but I know her name's Kitty and I forget the rest of them. First of all, Elizabeth Moss. Love her acting. Like, if you haven't seen Invisible Man, please go see Invisible Man. <laughs> Apparently, we're getting a second one, and I'm like, how? Yeah, but, what? Why? <laughs> I know. I'm like, it was perfect in itself. Like, why? That's um, fine. <laughs> but uh, what I really liked was that, like, this is how you make a non-white centered movie with white people in it. Yes, agreed. it was perfectly written for them to take the back seat for them to be the secondary family for them to be the secondary like we don't really give a shit what happens to them because they're the secondary family we want to follow the primary family i'm trying to keep this as like neutral as i can um but you know like the place that often other black families will take or black characters will take or the place that like other like you know like indian people in anything like (laughs) we exist we should be on screen more i'm just saying um how the hell is there not an Indian doctor on Grey's Anatomy? I've been watching that show since the beginning of time. What the fuck? I love that. That's Do you know like how many doctors I'm fucking related to? Like, yeah. Sorry, that just killed me. <laughs> and I'm also tired of watching the lawyer shows with no Indian lawyers. You know how many fucking lawyers I'm related to? Two of them have been on this pod. Like, <laughs> I, Yeah, exactly. But anyway, that's my little side note. But I just wanted to point that out because I feel like not enough um, of the discourse out there has really mentioned that but i just thought it was a very very perfect use of yeah of like how you this is how you this is how we do, do it, it. <laughs> but, um goddamn jordan peele is there anything you can't fucking do <laughs> i know it's i truly am in awe of everything he does i mean me too and as, as much as i want good- that man to take a break i want him to announce his new project already well uh bavna where can the people find you if they want to argue (laughs) Uh, if they want to argue i will still be on that house site till it burns down so they can find me on twitter and hive as at the lucky charms and on instagram they can find me at the lucky charms with a fancy little underscore i just post a lot of stories about me eating delicious food so that's what you're gonna get fun to watch yes i love your stories um thank you well, as everybody and, knows, I'm yes. Glitter Burrito. Oh, what were you going to say? I don't know. I was going to say, and where can they find you? Oh, I mean, just, you know, Glitter Burrito. Um, if you want to follow me on IG, I'm my full name. Uh, got some fun acting things coming up uh, to talk about over there. You can find us at Bloody Broads Pod on all social media. Uh, we will shortly have a Hive page, probably by the time this releases. Probably, yeah. Um, 
But for the time being, we're going to stick it out on Twitter. Uh, be on the lookout for upcoming Patreon extras, uh, some fun little posts. I'm sure you guys yes. have heard that the newsletter site that uh, we, used we used was shut down. So. so we're currently trying to find out how to get you guys a new newsletter and or change up the feature and do right. it differently. Uh, if there's something that you want to see and you are a patron, please let us know. We are always open to suggestions. Um, and please, above all else, you guys, we would really appreciate reviews specifically yes. on the platforms that you listen to these on. Um, yes. It's free 99 to leave us a review and tell a friend to tell a friend. And uh, until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.